TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 367, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Aaron. I'm a host, actor, writer, artist, and TV reviewer. This is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. And this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis. Woohoo! All right, this week in the news, we have uh, some pilot pickups by Fox, which I normally don't do, but it's Lee Daniels got a comedy pickup called uh, Our People, and Fox has actually picked up a pilot for a show called Mixtape, which is another musical drama, which I think would bring Fox to three of them. And I suppose since they're doing well, that makes sense. Um, Mosaic is a new show on HBO, which I'm actually not going to watch on HBO. I'm actually going to try to watch it through the app because it's going to premiere on Monday on HBO as a six episode miniseries and you can just watch it straight through linearly, or you can play it through the app where you, everybody watches the same pilot. And then after the pilot, you get two options to watch episode two through two different points of view as you try to solve the murder. Uh, Because obviously it's a a murder mystery. And as you try to solve the murder, you're like, okay, I want to see it through person A's point of view. And then after you watch it through their point of view, then your choices of who the murderer is or how you're investigating it take shape. And after episode two, you get to episode three, and there's like four choices of who you get to watch it through their point of view and so on and so forth until you it reveals who the killer is and it's based on your choices as the viewer so it's kind of a choose your own adventure murder mystery and it's starring (laughs) sharon stone and it's created and directed by soderbergh so i'm fascinated i'm totally gonna check that out Mm -hmm. um next i have that grownish has been renewed by abc was not abc is it abc family what is it no No, it's freeform freeform i'll eventually get that uh, which is early. I mean, it only had like three episodes aired and it got renewed already. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we have that there's big, the episode of Supernatural this week was apparently a backdoor pilot. And there's big discussion on what that spinoff is going to look like. And they're calling it, I, I think they might be calling it Wayward Sisters. Yeah, that's, pretty that's sure. the working title. Yeah. So, uh, as we, when we get into the discussion of the shows, we'll see what we all think of that as a possibility. Tom, uh, what is your news? Uh, first up, Fox has renewed 911 for season two, Woo-hoo! which is awesome news because I love that show. J.J. Uh, Abrams' new series, Demimond, has sparked a bidding war between HBO and Apple. Evidently, this is going to be the first thing he creates and directs in over a decade. And it's a big-budget sci-fi family drama against basically a monstrous force attacking Earth. Uh, please hmm. not a- Apple, because I don't want to try to buy a new service. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, Ellen Pompeo has extended her Grey's Anatomy contract for two more seasons. But for a lot more money, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. For, for I heard like $20 million or something. Yeah. Uh, 
Fire and Fury is going to be adapted into a television series. What's Fire and Fury? <laughs> it's oh, the wait, book the, book. the book. Oh, right. You have to ask. <laughs> I don't think um, I can deal with that. All right. My reality Amazon, is too similar. Amazon has canceled I Love Dick, One Mississippi, and John Claude Van Johnson. Did any of us watch any of those? Nope. No. Okay. Uh, Frank Darabont is suing AMC again for regarding Walking Dead profits, so he won last must... time, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> and finally, Joel McHale is going to host a weekly Netflix unscripted series called The Joel McHale Show, starring With Joel, McHale. Joel McHale. Yeah, it sounds that. like it's going to be kind of like a. Um, Oh, uh, like a John Oliver type show, except for the focus is going to be pop culture. Yeah, and it's on every day, I think, isn't it? No, I think it's it's weekly. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. All right, well, let's get started with the shows. First up, we're going to talk uh, Star Trek Discovery, and this was episode Ooh, so eleven, The uh, Wolf Inside. Yes, uh, this was the big reveal that all of us had been talking about. Like, we, mm-hmm. well, last week we suspected it. We were ninety five percent sure, and well, then the some big of us contention... suspected it before last week, Livia. To be fair, oh, you did. When did you suspect? Oh, yeah. I'm because just curious. There was this whole, there was this big internet theory, like early well, on. Well, yeah, I, okay, yes, there was. Inter- I meant like you figured it out yourself. Like that's what I was. I was like, did you really figure that out? Well, because because of the rumor, it's like I was I was very suspicious of him, despite the fact that I liked the character and the actor. Well, I was free of said internet rumor until, like, because uh, I guess I wasn't really on the internet discussing it uh, up until the big surprise where he snaps the doctor's neck and then he's uh, she, he's like, oh, you're not who you say you are, who you're supposed to be. And I was like, is he a Klingon? And all I figured out was that he was a Klingon. And then I went online to see what everybody was talking about. And then apparently everyone knew he was Voke. And uh, I was late to the party, but that's okay because just because somebody on the internet figured it out doesn't mean that it wasn't well written. Because I oh, wasn't no, no, on the it, internet it was, and I didn't know at all. It was very well written. It's very well written. I mean, the thing that was the, do we need to talk about how people figured it out or figured out something was up? Oh, go ahead. What happened is when they announced the cast, they said that uh, the actor. Uh, she, Shazi, I can't pronounce it his name, and I won't screw it. But they basically announced that he'd be playing a Klingon, and then they came back and said, "Oh, we've uh, no, we've actually shuffled our cast around. He's playing this character, but the name they gave for the Klingon actor was somebody who doesn't apparently exist." Well, actually, according to IMDb, well, they do exist. It was it's actually his father's name. It's 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 his late father's name. But the problem was his late father wasn't a professional actor. Right. And therefore, seem to have no history. Well, that's cheating. So. <laughs> that's cheating. Hey, these are Star Trek fans. They are obsessive. <laughs> comp- they are the original obsessive compulsive fanboys. But no, it was it was a great episode. I mean, for me, I, I'm I'm tired of people whining about Discovery. I love the show. My wife loves the show. You know, most real people I know in person, aside from the internet trolls, love the show. Uh, Greg, what did you think? Yeah, I thought the show was incredible. And in fact, I mean, this is it's getting to the point where I can't wait. I I wish I had bingeable episodes that I could. I would be done already. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I can't wait for tonight when I get like another, you know, piece of the story. I think it's just so well written. It's just incredible. 
Um, although it's kind of funny, like some of the scenes, like, like, um, you know, Michael, like in the tub and like, Oh, that was so creepy. With like the, the spongy fingers, like trying to massage her. It was like, I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Well, that actually was creepy to me. I was like, she has a bather, like, Oh, but, um, I just, the, the thing that really got me was after the big betrayal and she figured like, not that she doesn't figure out that he's Vogue. She knows something's wrong, but she doesn't know what's wrong. And she thinks he's been brainwashed and she's like, we'll fix you and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, there's nothing to fix. You know, it's like, I, my real personality is coming out and I'm Vogue and blah, blah, blah. And when he finally does the big reveal and she realizes the, 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 how big the betrayal is and that he killed the doctor and all that stuff. And that, like how huge all of this was she was devastated so when you get to the part where they're like we we space all traitors who attack our captain she's like yeah okay let's do that and i was like wait what <laughs> and, and then she's like i want the the privilege of spacing him myself and i was like oh she's just gonna beam him to discovery it'll be fine and then they show him in space like his eyes turning red and popping out and he's i was like oh my god she killed him and then they beamed him on uh, but I mean, that was a really because there was this moment where I was like, "This show could do that." Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So I thought that was amazing. Uh, Aaron, your thoughts? Um, haven't watched it yet. What? Oh, I'm getting Spoilers. there. I'm getting there. <laughs> I know. Guys. Like, why are you listening to us discussing all the huge plot twists? <laughs> oh, it's okay because I, I'm loving it because you guys have inspired me. So <laughs> I have to get the app and then I hope I don't know if I can binge watch all of it once the season is done. I think I'm going to wait and do that. Well, yeah, but, that makes more sense because you get one free week, and yeah. then if you wait till it's all you know up, you can watch it all in one week, which. It's crazy, but I mean, to be honest, I almost wish I could have done that. But it's but it's good though because the discussion that happens when all these things get twist like all the twists happen, like my mom was talking to me, she was like, I just saw the last episode. You gotta tell usually like you gotta call me so we can talk talk about it. Oh my god. And so just awesome. you miss the the weekly discussion if you binge. Right. So that's the only negative. But the positive is you get the whole story really fast. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this week's episode was great. And I did guess who the emperor was. Did you guess that? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So they're like, it's a big nameless emperor. and We don't know who the emperor is. And I was and like, as soon I as they bet. said nameless emperor, it's like, I bet you it's. Uh... <laughs> it's Giorgio. It's Giorgio. Yeah. yeah. And that was just so great. That she's moment. She's got a cloaked ship. Oh, yeah. And guess who's figured out how to defeat a cloak? Never mind. Lorca. Yes. Uh, so I think that that's going to be a good battle royale off. And I think that the look on Michael's face when she saw Giorgio was just crushing. I mean, mm-hmm. five minutes ago, she got over her boyfriend, a uh, big betrayal, and she's freaking out about that and, you know, big ball curled up. And then the very next moment, she has to come face to face with Giorgio. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like the trauma. I was like, "How is she even upright right now?" Uh, it's let's kick. It's let's kick Michael Burnham in the yuck yucks week. <laughs> she is not having a good time, not at all. But I mean, that's what I. That's what I love about this show is that they let you see everything from a specific character's point of view, and you feel everything that they're feeling. 
and it's amazing. So thumbs up this, for me. Go ahead. This is this is the first new Trek show that hasn't had that hasn't had a wonky first season. No. It's been pretty solid. I mean, they're they're one of the Harry Mud episode the second Harry Mud episode, I could have taken or leave, left that. Like it didn't actually add anything to the plot, really. Uh but for the most part, every episode has definitely been part of a story. Like mm-hmm. it's been telling a very clear story. And that Harry Mudd episode, I found out it's because they were originally supposed to do 13 episodes and they got pushed to 15. So they had to make two kind of throwaway. Is it just 15 for this year? It's 15 for this year. Next year, I hear it's 12 or 13. What? Season two. Yeah. Instead of giving us more, they're giving us less. But I mean, the writers want to be, want to tell a clear, precise story. So I'm not mad about that because I'd rather have a cleaner story. It just means we're almost done with season one. Yes, we only yep. have four more, up, three more episodes. It's 15, so wait, we had 11, 12, 13, 14, so we have four more episodes. Ooh. I know. And then we don't get the next season until January of next year. What? The writers want to write the complete second season before they start shooting. Uh. So that means... but I, I'm not, Dude, I, the reason that this season is so good is because they wrote all the episodes ahead of time and could foreshadow everything as they were going along. And that's why the write, that's why the writing is so great. On other shows, when you write as you go, as you're shooting, you have to retcon stuff, and it's not as clean. So I'd rather them take their time and write a really clean, full second season and we have to wait a couple more months, and we're not going to get a break. It's going to be straight uh, 12 or 13 episodes, no break. So, there you go. All right, so thumbs up for me, and it sounds like from uh, everyone else. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about the two-hour finale of The Gifted, and we will start off with Aaron, since you wrote the recap for uh, on on Weenopolis. What did you think of the finale? Was it everything you hoped for? Um, it was not. Um, I did enjoy it, but um, I felt like there was, a, there was just a lot of things that were out of place. Um, you know, um, the, I felt like some of the characters, um, they weren't utilized properly. Um, Dr. Campbell hiding behind children um, in order to get away from the mutants. I, I didn't quite feel that, nor did I feel when they showed the beginning, the opening flashback with uh, him with his brother and explaining that his brother's cystic fibrosis may have been a catalyst for him choosing to dissect. Yeah, I him. didn't get that analogy. Like, I, I didn't see that correlation. Yeah, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the empathy or emotion. I didn't feel like it justified him being so horrible. Now, I like the actor. Um, um, Gary Dillahunt, I like him, and I think he makes a great villain, but I just feel like he wasn't used um, to the best. I don't feel I feel like they wrote him out of character um, a little bit um, from what we've seen so far, um, you know. And um, same thing with um, and and as I've mentioned before, uh, Thunderbird. He's my favorite, but I don't feel like they he's not leading. Um, no, he he's technically the leader, but he's not leading the underground. Not at all. And like even the moment when Eclipse, um, you know, turned to Esme because he was like, you know, I could fry you for, you know, um, manipulating Lorna. 
I'm expecting Thunderbird to be the moral compass to step in and say, hey, wait, let's calm down, da-da-da. No, Eclipse says, let's go. And then, you know, Thunderbird just turned and followed him out. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Where's the leading, you know? Um, although the parents, um, Reed and um, uh, Amy Acker, I think her name is Kate, um, I thought that they did a great job leading. But again, I'm like, okay, they, the mutant resistance had been together for so long. I was expecting they should have other levels of leadership. Right, so. right. Eclipse is gone. If, if Thunderbird's not there and Polaris isn't there, who's leading? They would have been lost if it hadn't been for Reed and Kate, um, who just got there to lead everybody out. But, but my biggest, biggest, biggest issue um, was <laughs> Strucker kids. Now, listen, they're, they're Fenris. They're descendants of these great superpowered villains. When they put their hands together, they become connected and they almost it's almost like their power becomes a symphony within them. And it's almost like, I, I, I wanted to see all of that. I wanted oh, yeah, to we cut the black. Yeah. And, yeah. and then we hear later, oh the Strucker kid survived. I'm like, how? I want to see that. <laughs> show me how they survived. I'll buy it. Just show me something. So the those They were... ran out of money. No more. <laughs> they didn't have an FX the VFX budget. Oh. I know my heart was broken. So, but I mean, I, I'm still on board with the show. I still think it's the closest representation of the X-Men universe to the comic books. I think it's genius the way they bring in lesser characters like Evangeline, who in the comic book, she turns into a giant red fire breathing dragon. Yeah, so but I, she had like five seconds in this episode and it made no sense unless they, she's going to be a big major part of next season. And see, they have to bring her back because they foreshadowed her. So if right. they don't bring her back later, then it was a waste. I agree. So I feel like there was just some wasted moments in the show, but I'm still on board and can't wait for next season. All right, Allison, go ahead. Uh, it pretty much the exact same stuff. It was it was a lot of knees bent running around, and and not much else. It was like they started out on certain ideas and just couldn't follow through on them. I mean, when they started, the, the opening was a perfect example. They begin that thing with Garrett Dillahunt's character and his brother, and I'm waiting to see you know how where that evolves going. and where yeah. it's going to go. And it didn't go anywhere. And yeah. by itself, it's no explanation whatsoever for right. what he does. Yes. So I don't know whether they. It ended up on the cutting room floor for time or whatever it was, but it it just didn't make any sense in the context of the show, didn't add anything. And there was a lot of that that, that kept happening. It's like, you know, they bring Sharon Gless in as the grandmother and they run around with her for a while and then they dump her somewhere. <laughs> and, and she's like, yeah, about. she's like, I'm just going to go to my friends in the Everglades. I was like, What? Like, why, short, why did we... no one's going to be able to trace her there exactly right. you know, I mean, like, yeah why it, did we even was... bother to go get her mm-hmm. right. so um, um, the whole the whole thing was like that and again also we, you know when they when the the two siblings put their hands together and you see the the whole you know uh, buildings start to glow and you're expecting to see you know the big explosion and then see how they escape if they escape or what happens and nothing happens i guess they ran out of money and then we just got <laughs> the commercial and that was the end and it's like oh but they got out and yeah how um it just it, I mean, they, they destroyed everything like it was the surface of the sun and we're expected to think that you know they just walked out of there and dusted their clothes off their hair is perfect and well the you know, I mean, twins 
blew up buildings and they always survived. So I didn't, I actually expected them to survive. I never doubted that they wouldn't. Yeah, but you want to see how they do it is the yeah. thing. I mean, just saying, oh, they got out of there, you know, and they, they're, they're not even slightly dusty. It's, it's just, you know, but then this, this show does that all the time. That kind of drives me crazy. They're, they're, everybody's hiding out and homeless. And yet they always have, apparently they have a beauty salon in, you know, somewhere <laughs> in that fortress well, because everybody has gorgeous hair and perfect well, makeup we, and we even won't. their fingernails. Stunning, well, yeah, you know? we won't go into that. I mean, The Walking Dead is almost as not quite as bad, but almost as. I bad. mean, I can't do the dishes without breaking a nail, and yet all those <laughs> women have perfect long fingernails, manicures that are absolutely immaculate. Um, so yeah, that kind of gets me with the show. But generally, I I think it's the same thing. I I will watch next year. I'm looking forward to it. But they they really have to get it together a lot of times with the storyline. Anyone else comments? Okay, moving on. Uh, next up, we'll talk about nine one one, and this show is only on its like third episode, and I am loving it. I mean, this is probably my new favorite, well, new show, I guess, because uh, I'm not big on cop show procedural shows, but this show has managed to do a weird combination of being a procedural like within itself. So like you'll get four or five stories within an episode, but it's still really about the characters and yep. it's amazing how they're doing that. Uh, I was a little disappointed that the daughter recovered so quickly, but then they introduced the idea of uh, family services interfering <laughs> and they have to now appear to be a perfect family in order to get their daughter back. Were you like, I want her to suffer more. Is that what you No, well, I didn't want her to suffer. Like, it was just, oh my god, I think my daughter's dead. Oh, she's fine. <laughs> just... I was wondering what mom was, what cop mom was doing, stalking the daughters. Oh, know, that's going to torment that's, her at yeah, school. That's, that's just not like be good. nothing yeah. good is coming from that. No, that's not going to be <laughs> yeah. good at all. Just because your daughter got bullied does not mean you then get to beat the crap out of the kid. Like that's not how. Or that works. intimidate them. Well, maybe a little intimidation's okay, but I feel like she's going to use her badge and authority in a way that that's not going to be good. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? No, and I was kind of wondering, you know, I was, I was watching like the star lineup and I was, you know, watching the show. I'm like, what would draw Angela Bassett to a television show role, you know, as a cop? And then, but as I'm watching, I'm like, oh yeah, they needed her to pull this off. Because yeah. this is, this is pretty incredible stuff. She um, was at the last season of ER also. Yeah, yeah, but that was so long ago. I mean, she's like a movie star now. She doesn't need to do television. But if you notice, she's an executive producer, so she's getting she, paid. She, she is, yeah, she's a producer on the show. But uh, one of the great moments for me was when, um, was when Connie Britton calls Buck. Oh, that was just good. to talk to him. Yeah, it was just. And the thing is, in the pilot, I hated Buck, and even though I mean, because he's so such you know stereotypical macho firefighter guy, right? But because uh, because he's aware of his issues in that makes him a little bit more palatable. Right. But the act, you know, it's, I love the show. I wish they hadn't, uh, the thing what happened to the Asian dude sucked. I mean, getting the, yeah. the rebar yeah, through his head. But hope I'm hoping that means he, he's the way they resolved it. I feel like he's, it's not all downhill. Like he's going to recover. And I'm glad we got rid of the girlfriend. Cause wow. She showed herself. Oh, she's awful. Yeah. She's awful. She's like, I don't want you to judge me. I was like, I am totally judging you. 
Um, all right. Uh, we're giving this thumbs up, obviously. Uh, so next up, we're going to talk about The Good Place. And this episode was all about Michael's sacrifice and also a museum, which was hilarious. But mainly it was everything that they've done this season has been leading to this moment to where Michael finally like gets it. He was like, Oh, I understand the trolley problem. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Like I realized what he was going to do. <laughs> like right when he started, you know, he's like, we only have four pins or whatever. And I was like, Oh no. So what'd you guys think? I thought all of that, uh, especially the stuff that went on in the, in the museum was great. I mean, when like Chidi tried to be like the, the biggest torturer there <laughs> and he's like, you know, trying to be, you know, it just reminded me of like the IT crowd episode. It was like, we must be proper men, boss, proper men. And <laughs> going around like slapping each other in the crotch. It was just pretty sophomoric, but really funny. Well, I like that his whole dilemma was that he couldn't lie. And I like that, uh, Eleanor was like, well, depending on whose philosophy you follow, if you follow blah, blah, blah philosophy, then each situation dictates its own set of rules. And he was like, how do you even know about that? She was like, I can read ahead if I want to. And that was just really amazing. That whole conversation to let it to basically to show that Eleanor just needed Chidi to kind of like kickstart her into becoming a better person. But she was so motivated that she did stuff on her own to become a better person. Uh, and yeah, that buy- she was negotiating. She was like having a philosophical argument with him about what was right and wrong. That was great. I liked it. I'm sorry. That's the one part that I didn't buy because believe me, I took French existentialism and it is not something that you just want to read in your spare time. Well, she was doing that anyway. Like she was reading, like that was all she was doing is studying and, and reading philosophy. So, it makes and and if if your motivation is not to go to hell, I bet you you read that book. I'm just saying. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on? All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Black Lightning, and I've seen the first two episodes, so I'm going to be really careful and try not to spoil the second one. So I'll let you guys do most <laughs> of the talking, so that I don't accidentally say something that happened in episode two. Uh, so what did you guys think? We had, we got 45 minutes into black lightning and him and his family. And what were your thoughts? Well, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'll tell you, it's, it's good that I'm not a metahuman because I would zap people in the 405 left and right. (laughs) (laughs) Those abilities. Uh, I thought Cress Williams, I thought he was, he's great. And I love seeing him have to resist using his ability to zap somebody when he knows he could take somebody out easily. So, you know, I'm loving watching the dynamics of the family. Um, and and I, one of my favorite moments was when he, I mean, is the at the opening in the beginning when he's telling his kids, you know, uh, in the car when the police pull him over, he's like, just do what they say, do what they say, do what they say. And, you know, he goes through all of that. And then later on, when he goes to save his mm-hmm. daughter at the club and the police come to him, he zaps them. And, and I thought that that was just such a, a great real moment for me because I said, here it is. You know, I know he wants to take everybody out, but he has to hold back. So I love seeing those dynamics. Um, and I love seeing a flawed hero um, who's trying to do good as a dad, as a principal, as all of those things, trying to be a positive force. 
but then at the same time having to deal with a by any means necessary kind of you know um um narrative so I, i'm thoroughly enjoying the show agree as someone who's followed this character since his inception back about 40 odd years ago i think 77 or 78 yeah. i thought it was really interesting they made so many interesting choices in the pilot number one they actually used uh the lines that the, one of the daughters recites at the beginning justice like lightning should ever appear to some men hope and other men fear that's straight from issue number one volume yes. one and yeah. so I'm like, yeah, the fact that they made him, it wasn't an Origin episode for a pilot, which is rare these days, and the fact that he had had an entire career as Black Lightning retired. I mean, they basically went through a whole bunch of story arcs from the, from the comics and disposed of them really quickly and then jumped ahead to where we are now. Yeah. Because in the comics, one he has two daughters and one of them. An ex-wife, and one of the daughters is a meta like him. Two? Mm-hmm. I thought both of his daughters were meta. Both are. Um, it's uh, thunder yeah. and lightning. Thunder and lightning. Yeah. yeah. So, but we but, only uh, they only revealed in the pilot uh, thunder. Thunder right. just got her powers. But it's just, um, and it's interesting that it's dealing. It it doesn't. They're resisting saying that it takes place in the Arrowverse, although you know they might use it to boost the other show's relevance for next year. And it was originally developed for Fox. But I love that this is kind of like the Luke Cage of the DC shows in in terms of dealing with some real-world issues instead of the typical CW teen-plus drama. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great cast. Allison, oh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed this. And I, I liked especially you know the, the idea that it was not an origin story. It was a coming out of retirement story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't get many middle-aged superheroes. So <laughs> I, I, I thought that was kind of neat. I mean, he's, he's, he's a middle-aged man. He's a responsible person. He's, he's a, uh, pr- a principal of a high school. He's got two teenage daughters, an ex-wife. You know, the, the whole baggage and everything else. And how does he cope with all of this normal real-world stuff and, and yet still, you know, have this, this superhero background, which up, up till now he's been repressing and repressing until it's not possible to do it anymore. So I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I, I wasn't, I didn't really believe the, the kind of casual flippant attitude that his daughters had, especially with the police stopping the car. I figured the kids would probably know better than mm-hmm. you know, to just take it as casually as they did. It's I, I mean, come on. Well, They've I understood a... one of them wanting to record it because she was afraid something oh, was oh, going to happen. absolutely, but so not make that... a big show of it. You yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's just... I, I thought that they would try to be more safe than that. But, um, you know, and... Most of all, though, I I think the only thing that really got me as far as no, that's not something that that would really be authentic is when the guy tried to shoot his own daughter um, on the on the grounds of the high school and he didn't have him arrested. Uh, I just mm-hmm. don't see that happening. I mean, not only is he is he waving mm-hmm. a gun around in a high school, which is bad enough, but he was about to shoot his own daughter. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he just let him off with a warning. And, and so that that kind of wrong well that, that that if he had gotten him arrested then he couldn't have blown him up at the end of the episode so i mean I well there's that i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna do that set it up a little better because i just didn't believe that that would yeah, yeah I, I get that that was the thing that was weird i agree uh greg before we move on any last comments 
Yeah, I'm in. I mean, when you can in 45 minutes, like set up great characters, um, really, you know, different leveled characters. And I mean, we've got like we've already got like three villains. We've got like the the high school kid and then Lala. And then we've got, you know, right at the end, we've got Tobias Whale's character who is kind of like a kingpin character. And they did all that in 45 minutes. I'm in. That was awesome. I think the, the whole thing. Was great. <laughs> all right. So uh, so thumbs up all around. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Flash, which was not as good. <laughs> I was going to say, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was one of those things where somebody did a meme that was like, after Flashpoint, Flash, what are you going to know not to just tear, turn back time? You can't do that. Have some responsibility. And then in the courtroom episode, it's like, Flash, why don't you just freaking turn back time and not deal with this crap? <laughs> like, you know, and, and I really felt that that was, it, it feels not even false stakes. It feels stupid. Cause at yes. any point he could leave, he could not deal with it. Like it just seems silly that our hero who is faster than the fastest man alive is now sitting in a prison cell by his own volition. No other reason. He knows he's innocent. He knows he, who the bad guy is to get set up, set up. And he's like, I have to do this and follow the law. And I was like, yeah. So who's going to fight crime while you're sitting in a prison cell? Like it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Here's my, here's my issue. Go ahead. The trial of the Flash storyline from the seventies. Oh, sorry, from the late seventies. I guess it was the early eighties. Literally killed the comic book series. Oh wow! Okay. Literally, it was the last story arc before nineteen eighty four eighty five when DC cleaned house and re basically you know destroyed and recreated their their comic book universe. And that was the last storyline. Why would you adapt a storyline? that did not work the first time. <laughs> it's a bad idea. <laughs> so It really I, yeah. is absolutely dumb. It's it it, was, Everything about it is so stupid. Well, because yeah, you don't a... understand why this is even an issue. Yes. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't even feel like a real problem for The Flash. Yeah. Like, if it was Oliver Queen, sure. Uh, if he's going to jail, he's going to jail. Like, all right. But for The Flash, he's a hero. Everyone loves him. Uh, he knows he's framed. Everyone knows he's framed. Just, and it would be different if he actually did the crime. If he had actually killed the guy, then his guilt would be what was keeping him in jail. Sure, okay, but none of that's true. And while he sits in jail, the bad guy gets away with what he's getting away with. Like it makes no sense. And especially because even if he wanted to give the appearance of having to go to jail because he wants to keep, you know, his 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 identity secret. At night, he could vibrate through the walls and just do what he needs to do. I mean, it just makes absolutely no sense oh, that he's supposed true. to be stuck in prison. Yeah, that is true. He I mean, we have seen him literally vibrate through walls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's just dumb. So, and apparently now, as a result of this, we're going to get a, a whole episode of oh, this guy. new Ralph guy who I cannot abide in the slightest. <laughs> he is like an itch like you cannot scratch. You don't, you don't like the elongated man? man? Oh my god. I, mean, I, you know, I don't know what he's Dibney. like. In the His name is Dibney. Book. Ralph Dibney. Oh god. I don't know what he was like in the comic book but I can't. He is, he is, he is way too goofy and ridiculous. He's and goofy ridiculous. and ridiculous but not, not in an obnoxious way like they've made him on TV. So yeah, hopefully they'll Hopefully they'll fix that and get him get him into a better costume. Yeah, that costume. Well, they they did the costume being ridiculous to be a joke, which I get, but now it's just silly. But all right, 
Well, I have to say, though, the one redeeming part of the episode was was really when Dibney was talking to Joe because Joe had just decided, you know what? Oh, everything's right. That was a great scene. Them, that was. And I'm just going to plant this evidence, you know, because this is the way the world works. And I'm just going to, you know, make sure this is all taken care of. And and as Dibney is like telling him, it's like, well, yeah, you could do this. And this might all work out, but then, you know, eventually, and as he's telling the story, you can actually look in his face and see that he's really telling the story of his own life. Mm-hmm. Because that's really how he ended up in jail in the first place is because he just wanted to get the bad guy no matter what the cost. And so he kind of stepped over the line to get the bad guys. And that's what, you know, got um, uh, the Flash to put him in jail in the first yeah. place. Yeah. So I, thought just, I thought that was just a great scene. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about crime story. Somebody Versace. And I say, uh, we, Tom, the tell us. Is it, the, the assassination. Assa- whatever, of- man. He did not get assassinated. <laughs> he was not a politician. All right. Uh, hey, so the, is the it, title of the show is the assassination I of Johnny Versace, which is half, American crime story, which is half the reason why I didn't watch it. But <laughs> what did you think of the pilot? Give it to us. You know, I'm, full disclosure, I am not a, a big fan of, uh, oh, why can't I think of the Uber producer's name? He's producing like every, say what? Sean Ryan? Ryan Murphy? Ryan yeah, Murphy. N- not a big fan, but I got to say, it is, it is lavishly produced. Um, there is, it is based on one of the books about the Versace murder. Calling it an assassination, I think, is too much. Uh, Darren Chris from Glee it's a great performance. I mean, this dude is cray cray. But the one thing that I think that I'm not sure it works as well is they they're using the helter skelter skip through time thing to show, you know, we get to see the murder in the first episode and then we go back and see when the two first met and obviously, you know, the guys uh, he's not dealing with a full deck of cards and Andrew, Andrew Kunanen what I didn't know going into this is the dude had killed four other people before he killed Versace. Mm-hmm. So when they opened the FBI manhunt, I mean, the, uh, he abandoned his car. And then when they trace the license plate, they find out, oh, yeah, this guy's wanted. So it, it, it's very well produced. It's interesting. It sheds new light on a crime. I probably won't go back just because I'm not that into true crime stories and profiles of serial killers. But if you're into that thing, you might like it. All right, so I won't be watching it. All right, thank you. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> all right, next up, we're going to talk about magicians. And Ooh. this is the real beginning of the quest for them where they have to collect all the keys and then they get a Jumanji or something. I don't know what happens. But I don't remember how many keys there are. There's like six or seven keys. And what was great is when they get to the island. And he's like, I'm looking for a key. And the guy's like, oh, you mean this one? He was like, this can't be that easy. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually enjoyed all of that. It was really played to comic relief. All the stuff that happened in Fillory was great. And then they have a grown daughter. And then I like that they're like, oh, this is your daughter. And then the crazy wife just drops the log that she'd been (laughs) carrying around. And then goes and hugs the uh, teenager. And I was like, wow, she is not dealing with a full deck. I oh. love the discussion between Elliot and Marco about, oh, I can't believe this old plot device. <laughs> Their code is fantastic. I love that. It's like, you know, it's and, and they actually subtitle it for you like it's a foreign language, which I thought was brilliant. 
Yeah, that that was pretty good. And the question is, do you believe him? Like, that's not really their daughter? Or do you believe the fairies and that really is their daughter? Nobody it could go either way. And, yeah, oh. I agree. <laughs> Does it really matter? <laughs> well, I mean, if he has to kill her, it matters. Because yeah. <laughs> like, she's a spy. Like, if she was a spy for the fairies and not their daughter, I feel like he would just throw her overboard or something. But mm-hmm. if it's really her daughter, I think he would not. So she's got his cleft in the chin. <laughs> I don't know if that's strong enough evidence. I want a DNA test. Did I think you it would know be it? funnier for her for her to actually be their daughter. I, I did too. like how they sent her to her room. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was terrific. The did stuff... you notice that they that sci-fi has stopped pretending and and instead of instead of fritzing out f bombs, they just go with it now. Oh, oh, yeah, I noticed they started doing uh, that. Because, you know, the first two seasons of the show, you'd hear, F you, you know, F you. And now <laughs> it's like, ah, we're out at 10 o'clock, whatever. <laughs> um, yes, the uh, stuff, I was just going to say, let's talk about the stuff that wasn't in Fillory, but go ahead, Aaron. Well, I, I was going to mention what wasn't in Fillory, actually. Um, I loved everything about the magicians, every all the characters, except just for me, Quentin slightly bores me um slightly yeah. that's a strong word yeah um, oh, really oh, really bores me you know I, I i don't root for him i'm rooting for everybody else because i feel like everybody else's stakes are really well laid out you know alice trying to be whole again and you know katie trying to save penny and penny trying to survive cancer and Elliot and margo trying to get rid of the fairies you know even josh trying to get acceptance but i I don't know what Quentin is, is is fighting for. I mean, he got possessed in the end, I think. So maybe was mm-hmm. some interesting stuff come out. But otherwise, he uh, just the way he's written, not the actor, but the way he's written, does nothing for me. I really like, please get me back to Fillory um, whenever we go back to the Earth. So, yeah. I like the actor, but man, the problem with the character is he's... Very passive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's not good for the lead of the show. Exactly. And they're like, what would Quentin do? I was like, sit around and do nothing. <laughs> sit, around, sit around and mope. He mopes a lot. A we lot. can count on him. We need a moper right now. We need someone to just sit in the corner and look sad. Evil than he is good. So. Yeah. Can I also, say the- also can, can, can we please dispense with the trope of always killing a cat in a science fiction? <laughs> Seriously. Just, to happen all the time. Oh, that cat! That cat exploded. It's just oh my god. I know. I jumped. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, no. And then she just ran away. No, because it was an early warning. That was what the cat was for. The cat was to let her know if the guys that were hunting her were coming. It was like a a canary in a in a um, coal mine. Coal mine. So if the cat freaked out and exploded, that let her know that her enemy was near. That's why she bolted. And that's why she was carrying it around in the first place. Yeah, I know, but I'd, I'd really, you know, I mean, come on. It's just a little <laughs> old. It's like, at this point, every time you see a cat in any kind of show like this, it's like you just count the, mo- the moments for when, you know, until when they're going to kill it horribly. <laughs> like, oh, come on. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, the next uh, thing we're going to talk about is Supernatural. And this was the backdoor pilot uh, called Wayward Sisters. And... Uh, they basically have kind of built to this over several seasons where you get introduced to each of these characters on very various occasions 
and then they all randomly decide to all live together for no particular reason until you get to this episode and now you got a house full of women with all very different powers and uh i did really appreciate the voicemail where sam and dean went on a hunting trip and they haven't come back yet and i was like wow why does this sound so familiar <laughs> and for those who weren't paying attention and not playing at home that's because that's the first one of the first lines that dean says to sam when they're going to look for their dad like dad went on a hunting trip and he hasn't oh. come back yet so i thought that was great you mean when we first started watching the show 17 years ago? <laughs> God. Yes, yes. Goodness gracious, how could you remember that far back? There's just no way. I remembered. I'm sorry. Dad went on a hunting trip and he hasn't called and he hasn't come back yet. Like, that's we the that's the big... of our lives watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you get? Hearing that this was the backdoor pilot, uh, what do you think of these characters? Could you watch them without Sam and Dean um, as their own series? I don't know. I, I, I love Jody. I love Donna. But the, the young girls just seem like window dressing to me. They really do. They're not terribly interesting as characters. They haven't really... Maybe that's just a, a result of not really being fleshed out very well yet. I mean, maybe they'll give them more uh in terms of background but right now i just don't find them very interesting and they're not being played by very interesting actresses they're they're pretty but they're shall we say limited in terms of talent and uh it that that really gets in the way of of watching the show now if they if they're going to do this and put more emphasis on jody and donna um then that's fine but i i don't know i wanted to love it and i came away from it kind of just going so i don't know all right. Um, it was just uh, for me. It, it I, I was kind of confused because I was like, they they yeah, went through all right. this build up in the last season to actually get them to another universe or whatever. And I guess you know, I guess in the in the quest for finding their mom, but then they just undid all of it in one episode. So I'm just like, what okay, do you mean so they undid it? Well, because they're ba- because they got um, Sam and Dean back. So Sam and Dean are back out of the whatever universe that was and they did well, they all. were in the wrong universe yeah they were in the wrong universe anyway so they needed to come back they needed to be in the universe where their mom was uh so they're still gonna have to do a portal and apparently the portal making chick is risen from the dead and probably possessed by an evil demon thing or whatever and now she's back so i'm assuming she can make portals so all they got to do is capture her and get the portal to the right place and it'll but be no, good I- well, wait, no, I didn't think she rose from the dead. Wasn't that the... I thought she was an alternate version. Yeah, yeah, the alternate universe version of herself. Oh. That makes way That's more sense. That's why we never saw her face, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Never mind. My theory was totally wrong. <laughs> Your theory makes... it's the same more... thing. She obviously can make portals, so yes. there you go. So that's how they're going to get to where they're supposed to be. So they didn't really reset. They just got back to their universe, so now they can try again to get to their mom's universe. Yeah, and not to be ageist or anything, but if you were going to do a spinoff, wouldn't you get, like, some younger actors? No, but they are getting young. The three girls are young. There's the two adults, and then there's the three young girls. Okay, so the two adults probably won't be in it. They're going to focus no, on No, they're going to have all th- all of them will be on it. It will be – it's just like you have Bobby uh, <laughs> working with the boys. You have the older person who's smart, and then you got the idiot teenagers that get to be called idiot. They get to call idiots all day. So that works. Okay. Well, you know, at some point you age out of the CW, so I'm just saying. Well, they killed Bobby. Is that what you're saying? He aged out? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back, yeah. I'm, I'm, let's move on. Let's move on. 
Uh, next up, we're going to talk about how to get away with murder. And I still love saying that. Um, <laughs> that's the best part of this is when I say that. But uh, I was so sure that I was going to be done with this show because they killed Wes. But the, this, the plot for this year has actually been really interesting. Um, mainly because everybody's gone off on their own and nobody's working with Annalise. And watching the kids on their own, because they always blamed her. They were like, it's Annalise's fault that we got in all this trouble and that somebody got killed because of Annalise and blah, 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 blah. This year, Annalise had, she let them all go, let them all do their own career. She's trying to take care of herself, not paying attention to them at all. And yet they managed to kill someone like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, see guys, it wasn't her. It's you. (laughs) So I really enjoyed that, especially when you get to the end and she finally walks up to them. Like, what did you idiots do? Uh, And she's like, and how am I going to have to figure out how to get you out of it? Uh, so yeah, and I like that they keep trying to say that she's the villain, yet she's the only one who hasn't killed anybody. You know, she's <laughs> been accused of killing a lot of people, and she hasn't killed anyone. So, um, anyway, uh, what were you guys' thoughts? I'm really enjoying uh, this particular season too, and I like I like Jimmy Smith's um, adi- as an addition yes. to the cast, even if it's a, as a guest, I think, you know, I wasn't sure about what they were going to do with his character at first. And now I'm really, in, I'm really liking, uh, how he's playing into the storyline. Um, it's, it's, it is, you know, I have to laugh every time I watch the show because it, these, the, the kids are just constantly fishing for trouble. They are, it's like the, Annalise, you know, they, they blamed Annalise constantly and yet she's the only one who's keeping their butts out of jail. And this, this just, it's a repeated thing all the time. And apparently from at least the last scene that we got in this, in the show, uh, we're at least going to be seeing Wes in flashbacks right. this season. So he's, he's going to be, you know, making an appearance once again, um, which is nice. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm really liking this particular season. And I also like that they didn't, because I was afraid they were going to flip it and be like, the baby is, uh, what's it, Frank's? Because yeah. he kept saying, it's my baby, it's my baby. And she was like, no, it's not. And then they did the paternity test. And that baby came out black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I liked, I liked the, 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 when they, the nurse was standing there going, this is not your baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, well, uh, yeah, he had nothing. He had nothing. <laughs> Oh, but what is creepy that the grandfather is basically holding the baby hostage. Yes. That is not cool. Because for a second I was like, oh, he wants to have a legacy that his daughter wouldn't give him. And I thought maybe that was it. But he knows that they have that hard drive. And so he's basically like, I have your son. Do not release the files. Mm -hmm. He's a bargaining chip. Yes. And that's even creepier. And I really don't like it. But I'm excited about this new the the second part of the season. It's really working for me, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna say thumbs up. Yes, same yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. What well, the the actor crossover is throwing me for a loop though because what, what actor the, crossover? Well, the guy that um uh, that Frank killed is actually on the Good Doctor, and oh, then God. the guy who shot himself uh, actually showed up on the Good Place, and then on <laughs> Magician, like the guy who's standing on the boat was actually in Dark Matter. And I'm just like, what? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that's called acting and getting paid and having to move from show to show 
You have to let it go. Though it is confusing when I watch shows back to back and they have the same guest actor in it. That is confusing. But you know. especially when they have somebody who's who's like always plays a certain type of character, you know, and it's it's you know like somebody comes in and they're you know that they always play creepy bad guys. It's don't trust him. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know already what's going to happen. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Agents of Shield. And this episode got the team back together. And I was just really happy that everybody in the opening just started hugging everyone. I was like, oh, because they don't do that enough. Um, <laughs> but the thing that, that perplexed me is you get towards the end and the big guy, you find out he's lying. And his big plan is to kill Daisy before she can go back in time and blow up the Earth. But I was like, dude, I don't think you understand how time travel works because... Somebody has to go back in time before the Earth gets blown up to stop it from being blown up. So if you stop Daisy from going back in time, your Earth is still blown up. I don't understand. Like, what are you doing? Like, it was really hurting my head because I felt like they were not comprehending how to stop people from doing things in time or something. I don't know. Could somebody else explain it to me in a better way? Like, why was that guy? And then his solution, since he couldn't kill Daisy, was to kill the, the woman who could see the future. Like, I was like, how does that help? Yep. So, thoughts? I thought that if the episode had been more balanced to focus on Robin, uh, the girl slash old woman, and May, because they had chemistry. That story was great. Oh, yeah. with both both yeah. sets of actors. But because you have this, you have three plot lines, and um, Mac and Yo-Yo and the and the Flint. Uh, in- Flint. Flint versus the Roaches. That was great. And the thing with May and Robin in both time periods, that worked. But the thing with the other dude, you know. Uh, with his betrayal and. The betrayal, that didn't work. Well, I just, it I didn't just... work because the time travel thing didn't work. I was like, dude, I think you're doing this wrong. Like, I got what he was trying to do, but I was like, but I don't the time think that's how you logic was, The time travel logic was stupid. And I'm, I'm kind of tired of the whole, oh, we've been waiting for you, but we're actually going to kill you right. thing is, <laughs> is also there's a bunch of tropes we need to retire. <laughs> well, you know, the, and, the whole thing is we haven't really figured out how they haven't really done a time travel story before on agents of shield. Have they, because I don't think they no. explicitly said how time travel works in, in this particular universe. I mean, is, does it, is it always a paradox? Can you create a paradox or is it, know. is it just, you're running in a, in a loop all the time? Because if, if they're running in a loop, then this is going to get very tiresome because we know exactly where everything's eventually going to go. Always. So I don't think they're going to go No, I that think they've, way, they've already but... changed it. I'm pretty sure they've already changed the loop by going back in time, period. They've changed what was going to happen already. But that's all I'm clear on at this point. Yeah, well, but, but the thing is, every time we see a flashback, we see it, them like, okay, they've they've already been to the future and they've come back again, and yet things are still going wrong. So I I'm not sure how they're going to resolve this. It's like I don't I think, think that says version... at one point we may have done this a thousand times and not been aware. Right, of Right, 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 because they know they're building a time machine. But I don't think that the people that we saw have actually been to the future yet. I think they were trying to build a time machine to go to the future. And Fitz's frustration was like, well, for all we know, we've already been and we've already done this a million times. That was what he's saying. But I'm pretty sure they haven't actually been to the future yet, the flashback versions that we saw. That's my impression. But, uh, yeah, I'm still in. I want to see what happens. I mean, go team. 
now because I like that at the end when we get all the secrets, she's like, so I know how to get us back. Uh, what's a flint or who's a flint? And I was like, oh, I know. Like, <laughs> so I, I did think that was cool. Aaron, your thoughts before we wrap up. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Livia, exactly. Um, I'm in agreement with what's been said. Um, you know, I felt like that storyline with the of a group who actually, you know, who was um, there on the earth and then turning on Daisy. I, I couldn't follow that um, because it didn't register as true to me. Um, I think if they had told it just a little bit more linear in a way, if we go back in time and we see Melinda May with Robin, because I felt like when I was watching those moments and they were so touching, it reminded me of when May had to kill that little girl. Yeah, when- yeah, yeah. She mm-hmm. looked like that little girl. I feel like casting did that on purpose. So I said, this is wonderful. So uh, we're seeing another side of May, which I thought was wonderful. And I like watching the dynamics with Mac with Flint because it's almost like he's getting a second chance to kind of father a little bit, you know, after losing his daughter. So I'm loving those dynamics. And so I'm hoping that they'll play up a little bit more in those. But yeah, the timeline jumps is is just throwing me just a little bit because I don't see how it's going to resolve. Daisy keeps saying I'm not powerful enough to do that. So that's leading me to believe that there's something else involved. Right. I don't think Daisy actually does it. I I don't don't believe she does it. I don't know if Flint goes back in time with his Earth powers and... Daisy combined in something? I don't know. So I'm I'm just hoping that we'll start to see a little bit more clues as to, because they keep calling her the destroyer of worlds, but um, I'm just not getting how that's playing out. But I'm intrigued. I am yes. so into it. So big thumbs up for me. All right. Any, uh, any last thoughts before we wrap this up? Nope. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions or comments, you leave them at tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.